Does it feel like Groundhog Day for our next guest? Well, that is a topic we tackle right now in covering the Commonwealth. Yep, we're copying this idea. Covering the Commonwealth, a look at the locally interesting teams and stories from the experts who cover them. Let's start with the Virginia Cavaliers. JerryRatcliffe.com founder and contributor, Jerry Hootie Ratcliffe. Hootie, another game for the Virginia Cavaliers, another opportunity for them to show they've got something going on. But when it came to, uh, well, executing down the stretch, shall we say, they weren't exactly the most disciplined team committing three penalties at a crucial time. Is it deja vu all over again for Virginia that these errors keep popping up at the most inopportune times in the second year now of the Tony Elliott administration? Well, it is, Ed. And until they eliminate these mistakes, these disciplinary actions, uh, I don't know if they're going to win a game or not. They, they've certainly played well enough to win in two of the last three weeks and taken all three games into the fourth quarter. They've developed some weapons on offense, and uh, they've found a quarterback. The defense took a step in the right direction this past week, but again, uh, special teams, they continue to have major gaffes at the worst times with the punt return team, the kickoff return team, uh, field goal and extra point for that matter. just one silly mistake after another, and then they've, they've got to fix that if they want to win. It's just that simple. What's the level of frustration that you experience within the program and from those outside, and I imagine certainly the tone is different, around the fact that they're actually, it seems like, hitting on some things schematically to move the football to stop opposing teams at most points in the game when they're not setting them up with short fields and turnovers. But between the YOLO ball passing at times of Anthony Calandria, and those are freshman growing pains, and the much more avoidable issue of inopportune penalties, it's all coming undone. And those are the type of things you would think in the second or third year of a program should be eliminated, and at least you're not beating yourselves. Yeah, I think most of the frustration is from the fan base, actually, because... Uh, I've, I've been somewhat surprised talking to the players after the game and, and otherwise even the coaches that they're sticking together. They they feel like that they're close, that if they can stop the mistakes that they'll win. And they should have won. They, they should have beaten NC State or at least had a chance to take it to overtime and, and possibly win. Uh, probably should have beaten JMU until they – just came out flat after the storm delay, and we're in it in the fourth quarter, going into the Maryland's for uh, into the Maryland game when they just uh, came became unglued. But um, the players don't seem to be taking a back seat. Uh, they still feel confident that they can win, that they're close. I think the coaches feel the same way, but they all uh, have to figure out some way to. Stop making dumb mistakes in the worst period, the worst time of the game. 
Indeed. That's an issue for Virginia football, and uh, they get ready to go to Boston College. They've got William & Mary after that. Um, bowl eligibility seems like a distant possibility for this team, especially given some of the teams left on their schedule include the likes of an improved Miami team that at least takes care of business and the North Carolina Tar Heels with uh, you know, high-end quarterback Drake May. How crucial, though, is it to not just totally lose all faith, to grab a win in one or at least both of these next two games is easier said than done as that is. Well, I think they will have an opportunity to win. They've been in games against better competition in the past few weeks, so I think they'll at least have a chance to win. Uh, Boston College was really not much of a matchup for Louisville. They have a new quarterback, and they they allowed Louisville to score on its first seven possessions of the game last Saturday. So uh, I think that they should be able to play with BC, if not maybe pull off a, a win. And certainly I would expect them to play well uh, against William & Mary when they come back home. So there are opportunities out there for them. Uh, they just got to take advantage of it and uh, focus on playing disciplined football. Jerry, Switching to deja vu all over again, part two from part one. Once again, the Virginia Cavaliers in the run for one of these high-end five-star caliber prospects in basketball. You detailed it regularly in your podcast and at jerryratcliffe.com how much this coaching staff felt like they had a chance with Conkanupal, and yet... If it's not NIL, which grabs a player like Alabama has done, it's the allure of a bigger program, it seems like, the Duke Blue Devils, which grabs Con Canoople. Is it fair to wonder just why, for Virginia fans to wonder, are they ever going to grab one of those type of players to complement a still solid roster that still has a lot of potential, especially with what's coming in? It makes you wonder, doesn't it? I mean, it seems like anytime the Duke even comes in late on a guy, the Duke finds a way to convince them to come to Durham. And Virginia, I know Virginia felt like they did everything they could possibly do to get this kid, but uh, it's hard to explain. I I talked to the kid's uncle, and he wanted him to come to Virginia. I think his mom probably did uh, because of her relationship with the Bennett family. But in in the end, uh, Duke has that magic golden ticket of, of some kind, and... It, uh, I don't think many people win recruiting wars against them, and so it's maybe it's better just not to recruit guys that Duke's recruiting. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question to ask, and uh, you know, oddly enough, Virginia's had their most success going uh, with that second level of guys that stick a couple of years but still have pro potential. Someone who has elite potential all the time is Jerry Ratcliffe. He has been with us in the fast lane. Hootie, thank you for your time as always. We'll chat again in another week. Looking forward to it, Ed. See you next week. Jerry Ratcliffe with us here in the Fast Lane Talking UVA. Now to the Virginia Tech Hokies. Hokey, hokey, hokey high. Well, there's not much of a high note when it comes to the Virginia Tech Hokies because Andy Bitter, the colleague of our next guest, TechSideline.com's David Cunningham, used the phrase deja vu all over again. We used Groundhog Day in our InsaneRadioDeals.com fast take uh, that we did earlier today on our socials, Fast Lane, Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. David, is that the same feeling you get watching Virginia Tech football right now where it's deja vu all over again, pain and agony of missed opportunities, mistakes, and uh, the little things adding up to big problems, including losses? Yeah, it is, Ed. Uh, it truly is. This is. It seems like it's the same team every week that has a chance to win against teams that 
don't appear to be very good, and somehow the Hokies find a way to blow it. And, you know, for the third straight week, Tech was in the game, had an opportunity to win here or there, made a cost, couple costs of turnovers or um, penalties, as it was this past week, uh, allowed a few big plays, and all of a sudden the game's going the other direction. This is not a 1-3 and three team. But I don't think the coaching has been there. And I don't think the talent is necessarily there. Uh, there are, There's a multitude of problems. Uh, as Andy wrote, Andy described it as a game of whack-a-mole. I described it as, uh, as trying to plug a dam where you plug one hole and all of a sudden something else bursts. This is a struggle right now for Virginia Tech. And the Hokies luckily have a not-so-very-good team in Pitt coming in this weekend to Blacksburg. Uh, I don't feel very confident, but pit minus four seems like a lot of money. So, um, it seems like a lot of points. So, it's it's not a great position for Virginia Tech to be in. Luckily, it has a decent chance this weekend. But at the same time, the program's had decent chances to win the past two weeks and hasn't done it. No, they have not done that, which is a problem certainly in the missed opportunities category for a Virginia Tech team that realistically has a lot of winnable games left and a lot of losable given how they've played. Uh, outside of Florida State, that one's not winnable. Uh, let's just let's call a spade a spade on that one, David. Uh, but for Virginia Tech, they got out to the early lead and then they went into a shell, it seemed offensively, and they weren't able to stop the run. The run-stopping question. How much of this has to fall on Brent Pry, the fact that, and J.C. Price, the defensive line is the same cast of characters they seem to have regressed, and linebacker with as much upside as they have is supposed to be Pry's specialty, and yet it doesn't seem like either of those units have done enough to mask what everyone knows is a banged-up secondary. Yeah, I, I think last week at Rutgers, the safeties were clearly the glaring problem. Jalen Jones and Moe's Phillips had to play a lot of snaps because Jalen Stroman went down. And they did not look very good, specifically Jones. This week, the safeties were not necessarily the problem. Now, I won't say that, that it is not a team problem because the demon as a whole has not been great. But this week, it was the linebackers. Will Johnson and Alan Tisdale, two guys who have been in the program for a very long time, they looked like they didn't know what they were doing on some plays. Alan Tisdale is a 60-year guy. That should not be a problem for him. Um, I, the linebackers looked out of position. Uh, Johnson and Tisdale practically ran um, at this into the same gap on uh, Rasheen Ali's 56-yard touchdown for Marshall. Uh, just a multitude of problems. I don't think the defensive line's been great. Now, I will say Feldarius Payne had a pretty good game, uh, two TFLs, a sack and a half. He got into the backfield a bunch. But Tech needs more penetration up front. I, I don't. I think Jason Price done an okay J.C. Price has done an okay job with that group, but it could, you know, those are experienced guys up there in Mario Kendricks and Josh Fuga and um, Norrell Pollard, and they haven't necessarily been getting the push I think you'd expect. So all across the board, it has not been good. I, I would say it's been overwhel- underwhelming at best. Um, a, lot of, a lot of questions, a lot of problems, a lot of, a lot of things that can fix going forward. The biggest question is, will they? That is the million-dollar question, and we will put you on the spot to a certain extent. Will we see progress at all from a unit that, uh, well, frankly, a team that has not shown a whole lot of it from games two through games four in terms of what's ailed them and uh, what they need to do to get better? I think you will slowly. I think Tech will gradually show improvement. Now, I do think this is a good opportunity because this is a pit team that 
has quarterback problems as well. The offense looks more underwhelming than Virginia Tech's does. The problem is that Pitt is a very physical team. This is going to be a huge game in the trenches. I don't know if it's one that Virginia Tech can win down there. The good news is that the Hokies showed signs of improvement on the ground last week. The mind-boggling part is that Tech didn't run the ball more. Um, again, that, that's where I would say potential bad coaching comes into play. Um, I think Tech, again, showed sign in certain areas. I thought the offensive line was better than it was in week one or two or three. Um, at the same time, the defense at, in parts, specifically linebacker, was way worse than it had been. So I think it, it's a give and a take. I think Virginia Tech has a good chance to win this game. Um, Tech won the turnover battle last week. I would expect a little bit of progress here and there. Um, do I expect a win? No. And that's because Virginia Tech hasn't shown me that it knows how to finish games. And that's been the story of the Brent Pry era so far. Yeah, it has. Those issues, the inability to finish games, the inability to rectify mistakes. It's never a mistake, though. Checking out David Cunningham at TechSideline.com and at the Real D Cunne on Twitter for his insight and analysis. David, thank you for sharing some of that today in the fast lane. We appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on, Ed, and I'll talk to you next week. David Cunningham, TechSideline.com, with us here in the fast lane. When we return, Liberty, the Washington Commanders. Whose play was not nearly as good as that song yesterday, and then a little bit of NASCAR as well. All of that's still to come here in the Fast Lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, and share your thoughts. We've already gotten some on the weekend that was at Fast Lane Ed Lane on our socials, so keep it coming as we're back after this on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.